Yes. Hello. Thank you for tuning into the Awakening with Chantel Bettis Brown. Don't forget to share and like on social media and please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Please make sure you comment and tell me what you like about today's show. So let's awaken with today's episode. I thank you for tuning in today to the Awakening. This is episode two of season one. Uh, my name is Chantel Bettis Brown. I am the host on today, and today I have the lovely Kenyatta Mayweather and the lovely Shakita Davis. And today we're going to talk about an opening discussion on uh, basically the, being an unwedded wife. And when I say unwedded wife, I mean in every aspect. Um, it could be unwedded friend, it could be anything really topic dealing with relationships because I feel like that's something that today in this society that we really need to speak on, address. And it was an awakening for me because it's like, uh, for me, basically, sometimes you sleep on stuff and you don't really want to deal with it. So for me, uh, writing a book on Wedding Wife, it brought a lot of things to the light. I'm going to leave it like that. It awakened me and my spirit as far as what, kind of person I was, what did I accept, what I didn't accept. It just, it did a lot for me. It gave me uh, a new ground as far as, and a new understanding about myself. So today what I'm going to do is, we're going to start off with a little breaker, and I'm just going to ask, when I say awakening, what does it mean to you? So whoever want to go first, go ahead and go. (laughs) Okay, I guess I go first <laughs> again. <laughs> um, for me, I compare my awakening um to the stages of how a, a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. Um, you got the caterpillar who is probably fine living life as it is, and then all of a sudden the darkness comes. It's like okay, it's getting darker and darker now. I'm in this cocoon. And it probably feels like it's the end. The caterpillar probably thinks life as they know it is over. And then the next thing you know, they're emerging as this beautiful butterfly. And it's like, okay, I had to, even though that stage was dark and it hurt, I didn't understand what was going on. I thought it was the end. It really wasn't the end. It was it was a beautiful beginning. Um, that, that's what, when I hear the words awakening, that's what I think about. That's what I feel. That's what I want. Okay, that's good, Miss Davis. What do you have? So I love that Kiana said "beautiful beginning" because uh, I can totally agree with that. So when I hear "awakening," I think about just uh, finding out who you are as a person, like um, learning what your worth is, learning what you like, what you dislike, um, and just truly being uniquely yourself and loving yourself as a unique individual aside from any relationship or aside from, you know, any kind of um, educational attainments or career attainments, just who you are as a person. Like, and and to me, that's what comes to mind when I hear awakening. That's good. That's, that's, that's really good on both. In my experience, uh, with the awakening is, uh, like I said, it was the unwitted where my first experience, because sometimes when you grow up, uh, and you have certain 
different backgrounds. Like I was a, I grew up in church. So for me, I was like a church girl. I had certain beliefs. But when I got into the world and I got older, my beliefs kind of changed as far as what I wanted and what I didn't want or could what I wanted to accept and what I what I accepted. Um, a lot of things that I saw growing up, um, I basically was like, I'm not going to go through that or I'm not going to do that or it, it shed a light for me in being an unwitting wife. I was in long uh relationship 10, 11, 12 years. In the book, I actually got a, a, a pharaoh. I call him my pharaoh because it's somebody that I just didn't let go of. And it took me over 20 years to really find, realize it. And some people still to this day are still connected to their pharaohs. A pharaoh can be anybody. It can be um, anybody that you basically give power to, to make you have certain decisions. A lot of people stick around because of they have kids, you know, with certain relationships, they stick with the baby daddy. They feel like the baby daddy is, you know, somebody that uh, you want a different, didn't grow up in the same parent household. So you want to give your kids something different, which is understandable, but in a sense, who are you hurt? Then you got the ones that um, basically you're you just want to be in a committed relationship because you really never, that's all you knew. You know, you got people that grew up in two-parent homes and they just, you want to be loved and you want to do something that you never did and, or you're scared to be alone. I mean, it's every aspect of it and I can go on and on from my experience, but I would love for y'all to shed the light on certain things because even when you say unwedded wife and come in heaven, uh, when I speak on it, when unwedded bring a lot of things, unwedded bring spirits, unwedded bring uh, curses, it bring a lot of things to you. And so you have to be able to, one of the main things I, I say now is always be teachable. You got to always be teachable, you got to always be able to learn, and you got to always be able to take constructive because some things you don't want to hear, but you need to hear to make yourself better. So, if any of y'all, any either you, Miss Mayweather, or you, Miss Davis, want to speak on just uh, an experience or anything that can shed the light to somebody to help another woman, another young lady, another little girl, just not be that unwitted, not not connect themselves to relationships regardless of what that does not help them grow. How much time you get? <laughs> like I can stop <laughs> <laughs> like um so I have been in let me see two major relationships or two long term relationships in my adult life. One was for six years and me and the guy lived together. And one was for two years and me and the guy didn't live together. And so when you start talking about Pharaoh, somebody who has like this level of power and authority over you, like those are the two relationships that stuck out in my mind. So the relationship I was in for six years, that was my first relationship that I had ever really been in. Like we mm -hmm. um, started dating when I was about 20 
or maybe 21, he was the person that I gave my virginity to. Um, and the relation, we were like, when I say 21, like we were really young. We were in college. Uh, once we graduated from college, he ended up getting a job um, in another area and told me he wanted to marry me and said, hey, I want you to move with me. So I was like, OK, cool, let's go. And so we were living this whole fantasy life, acting and behaving as though we were married. I was getting some of the benefits of, uh, you know, that a wife would get. Like he was paying all the bills, he was whining and dining me for six whole years. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, when things really got tough, we split and I was left with a yeah. heartbreak. Um and like just total life devastation. And we were in a relationship for six years and it took me fully six years to recover from that relationship. So that was wow. 12 years out of my adult life spent, you know, on one person. And as a result of being in that uh, relationship, it led to a, <laughs> a strange <laughs> of other short-term relationships that were extremely unproductive to me. And then, you know, I just got to this point where, like, I ain't gonna lie, y'all, I was depressed. Like, during those six years, I, uh, my sister and I were living together. I only went to work and I came home. That was it. Like when it came time to go grocery shopping, she did that. Well, like when it came time to, you know, to do anything that uh, 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 meant taking care of the house or even taking care of me, she did that. Some days she would have to like bathe me, you know what I'm saying? Iron my clothes, like do different things for me because like I was just such, uh, so in a, such a stage of, of depression because it was like, why mm -hmm. me? Like I have given my all, I have invested everything I had into this relationship. I was who I thought you wanted me to be. I was who you mm -hmm. said you needed, you know, but apparently that wasn't good enough. So yeah, the, okay. the advice that I would give to uh, a young lady who may find themselves, I guess, in a questionable situation, like you don't know whether you are in an unweighted situation. Uh, if you feel like you, you know, giving more than you receiving, if you feel like you always overexerting yourself, always are the one that's forgiving the other person, always are the one, you know, that's trying to buy this person's attention, buy this person's affection. Like, yeah, you are definitely unweighted. You are in an unequally yoked relationship. And at the um. end of the day, you're going to come up empty-handed because it's not going to work. I suggest to anybody before you get into a relationship, a serious relationship or whatever, like really know who you are. Know what your standards are. Know what your... Um, your desires are because one thing that I found out, like as I reflected back on that uh, six year relationship was that I lost myself. Like what he yes. liked, I started to like what he uh, enjoyed. doing. Hobby, uh. Like those became my hobbies, the things that he liked to eat. Like I, I started to like to eat those and it was like my identity became wrapped up in him and honey. And so I thought I was over that. But Jesus showed me oh otherwise. So in 2018, oh I started dating this guy who was amazing. Like he, when I had events, he was there. He helped. He prayed for me. He fasted with me. He initiate fast and everything like that. And so I was like, God, I thank you. Like, you know, for sending me this godly man who is really leading God and directing me. That, and that is something that I have, I've always prayed for. 
But honey, this joker uh was leading guy. He was <laughs> leading guy and directing me and Sarah and Jane and Mary and just like so many other people. And and I didn't find that out until two years, you know, after being in a relationship. He had come around my wow. family. I had gone around his family. I had been around his kids. We had gone to, you know, to different churches out of town together. His churches that he has. Mm, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Um, come on. And that was a clear picture. You know, yes, yes, yes. And so yes. I, give me the words, Lord. Yeah, I, I'm, I just got so fixated on the fact that he was this image of what I created in my head, what I felt like my husband is supposed to look like. Somebody who covered me in mm. prayer, somebody who was a family-oriented man, somebody who, you know, supported my dreams and my goals and, like, anticip anticipated my needs before I even said things. I'm going to give you this one example. I, we were on the phone one day, and I was at work, and he was like, have you had lunch? And I was like, not yet, but I got a salad. And I said, but I don't think it's going to be good. He was like, why not? I said, because I didn't have cucumbers at the house. He was like, oh, okay. And so, baby, when I say 20 minutes later, this Negro pulled up at my job with some cucumbers cut up and said, hey, put this on your salad. I want you to have a good lunch. You know what I'm saying? So he mm. did things like that. But at the end of the day, there was always this nagging feeling on the inside of me saying, hey, something is not right. Something, you know, like you need to investigate a little bit more. Don't throw your whole heart into this. But I ignore all of those signs. I ignore all of those warnings. I ignore all of those, you know, red flags and those mm. feelings. And then at the end of the day, again, I ended up hurt. And so in this season of my life, I am 37. I am single uh, and I don't have any children. Um, and one would look at those statistics and be like, oh, there's something wrong with her. But no, like there's there's right. something right with me. You know, I'm in a point yeah, in my right. life where I really am enjoying learning who I am. I'm enjoying learning like what Shakita likes, what Shakita doesn't like, what her drive is, you know, what her passions mm -hmm. and desires are. And so, again, if I could give another piece of advice to any woman who is in a situation that they find is questionable, consider yourself. Like, what is it that you yeah. like? You know, are you really being fulfilled in this relationship or do you always have to end up sacrificing? You know, if you got to sacrifice mm -hmm. to be in, in a relationship, and I understand relationships call for negotiation sometimes. You got to give and take. But if you find yourself sacrificing more than you benefiting, baby, you need to find the exit. <laughs> Because I mean, that, that, yeah, and so I'm done. I told you I could talk about that for a minute, so I'm I'm gonna turn the mic over to Kiyabu. I really liked it the fact when you because I never looked at it like that, and, and it's something that you said that stuck out to me because even as you were speaking on it, I was like, dang, that is something when you made the statement about how you started to like the things that he would like. I mean, it was certain things that in that relationship that I was in, the relation, the two longest relationships that I was in, that I didn't, I wasn't even doing before. And when I got into that relationship, I started doing. So it's more of a, and we don't think about the spirits that come, you know, connect to us. Because it's bad enough that you got to fight your spirit for that. Here you is to invite somebody else for you. Now you got to break your curse that you got on you and your issue. And now you done struggled on and picked up his stuff. Now you got to break that too. Girl, it's so much. Miss mm. Kenyatta, take the mic, please. 
y'all have touched on so much. Um, and it's it's like my my thing is just an add on to everything you guys have already said. Um, when we get in relationships, or sometimes we we're, we're calling them relationships, but they're not relationships; they are situationships. Oh boy, situationships. Mm. They they can last forever as well. Um, but in my experience in relationships and situationships, I lost myself. Um, you you tend to become a chameleon, like Shakita touched on. You like what they like. You you know it's kind of mm-hmm. like the the coming to America movie. I like whatever you like, and it's like yeah. once you do that, we lose that, and and we do that because. You want to please the person that you love. You don't want yeah. them to feel uncomfortable. Um, our intuition is a gift. It's not a curse, it's a gift. That little voice when something, it's a, it, it flat out says something ain't right. Just like that. It's not proper, it's not, oh, something isn't right. No, something ain't right. And we will ignore it. You're like, no, shut up. I'm happy. He makes me happy. We look good together. People think we look good together. So I don't want to, I'm not going to follow your intuition. Well, when you don't follow your intuition, it's like you follow your GPS and it tells you, okay, keep straight for 30 miles and you'll be at your destination. And then you look off and you're like, oh, no, I wonder, well, let me go that way. Okay. You don't listen to your intuition. It takes you on a detour. You're going to go through all kinds of things. Uh Exactly. When you could have been made to your destination, but you didn't follow your intuition. We have to learn. We we have that for a reason. People take it as a joke. You know, all her intuition, she just, no, I'm not crazy. Like, think about, I just think about as a little girl. We got baby dolls. We got the little play kitchen. You know, it's already preparing us. This is what a woman is supposed to do. Um, And then we grow up and we're looking for our other half. But the thing is, it shouldn't be 50-50. It should be 100-100. A relationship or, or and I've never been married, but I would imagine a marriage is 100-100, not 50-50. Because guess what? If you 50 and they 50 and y'all bring y'all 50 to the table with somebody leave, somebody short. Come that's on. where they hard at. That's why you was in it for six years. It took you six years to heal. Because mm-hmm. he took the other half when he when when y'all went y'all separate ways. We have to be a hundred. And you really can't. We're speaking from our own experiences because you can't give advice on something you never been through. Mm-hmm. You just really can't. You can say give your opinion, but until you've been through it, and then we have to, as you get older, you have to think about why am I, why am I the way that I am? Like Chantel, I grew up in the church. My granddaddy was a preacher. We were in church seven days a week. On Sundays, we were in church all day because we had three services. Um, mm. and my grandparents were married in my adulthood 
and, and you couldn't tell me none about the preacher. I was like, my grand and, and he's deceased now, but that's all I was talking about. My granddaddy preacher, my granddaddy preacher. And then in my adulthood, I found out granddaddy had some more kids around the corner. Come on. Um, my parents were married. They went through some things. So it's like the marriages that I saw, they were married, yeah, but it wasn't healthy. You know, I didn't, I would imagine it wasn't happy. So me thinking, okay, as I grow up, I'm, I'm going to do something different. The things that you see growing up, you're either going to do what you saw, you're going to do better, or you're going to do worse. Um, As I grew up, I'm like, okay, they were married, but they weren't happy. I never wanted to be married. I was like, I ain't getting married. If that's what it takes, you got to go through that just to be married. I, I don't want to do it. Um, I ended up in lots of situationships. I ended up um being committed to me and being the unwedded wife. I'm committed. I'm giving my all. I'm probably I'm giving a thousand percent, and he giving me twenty. And I accepted it just because okay, I got somebody. No, this is not what it's about. There has to be some reciprocity. Like one of my favorite albums of all time is. Um, the Miss Education of Lauren Hill. She has a song called X Factor. It's number three. Mm-hmm. One of her lines is, tell me who I have to be to get some reciprocity because no one loves you more than me and no one ever will. Meaning, I love this man, this oh, person wow. with everything that's in me. But what I got to do to get some reciprocity? I like what you like. I do what you ask me to do. Even if I don't want to do it, I give in and I do these things. I have shaped and molded myself to be what I thought you wanted me to be. And then at the end of the day, this ain't what you want. You'll go be, you'll leave me and go be with somebody that's the total opposite of what you molded me to be. And the first thing a person will say after you've given your all is, I ain't tell you to do that. Mm-hmm. I'll be ready to fight. That that will that hurts you to your core. Yep. And of course, when they're gone, you broken. You are broken. Another favorite, uh, and I'm using these these things because I can relate. Like the movie, The Diary of a Mad Black Woman. How that man drug her out of that house. I've been done just like that. Mm-hmm. And how the movie progresses, and the tables turn, and he ends up having nobody and she still helps him and then she's blessed with her Orlando. This stuff in these movies, these are real life situations. That's how the pair here gets Yeah, these are real life situations. But the key is my advice to any woman and man too. Be whole. Be 100. Be 100 coming into these things and lay all your cards on the table. If it's something that that this person is asking you to do and you're not comfortable doing it, tell them. They don't know if you don't open your mouth. Right. Do not ignore the red flags. Do not ignore. Nowadays. Do not ignore your intuition. And nowadays you have a lot. And and one of the biggest things that I see. it was a, a girl, the store where I work at, the girl, she was like, you know, a lot of people settle. Mm-hmm. 
y'all, a lot of people settle. I mean, they settle, they settle, they settle. Young women nowadays, they just settle. They feel like either they settle to be uh, the woman they need to be, they settle to be the the other woman. They settle, mm-hmm. they settle, and a lot of it is generational it is. as well. You know, a lot of people fail to realize people act that on what they see. Some women, you know, like you say, when you when you're young, you play with baby dolls and you have this vision of what you want and what you this, this or whatever. And then you can have that, you know, back in the days, parents, women used to always say, My grandma, I'm gonna tell y'all something. And this this my grandma used to always tell me. Red, don't wear nothing red because red is for hoes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going. And to this day, <laughs> until to this day, I really wasn't fascinated with red. I'm sorry, Grandma, because red, that's my favorite color lipstick. Favorite color nail polish. Look, I had to learn what my grandma meant by that. And it was the way of it wasn't so much as the red. It was the way people wear stuff. The way people look at the way mm-hmm. you, uh, how you, you. One of the things that got me was when I first awakened on this situation was, uh, what attracts me? What am I attracted to? Because see, if you don't hear from these relationships, if you don't hear whatever your mother, Come on. your father, Come on. Whatever, whatever you saw growing up, if they not cut, if you don't have a proper covenant growing up, them spirits will attach yourself, will attach, attach to you as a child, and you not even know. You think it's okay. And for a long time, I thought certain things was okay, or I basically attract certain guys. Why am I attracting these type of guys? And when I tell y'all, it's crazy. For years, all the way up to I was 33, people don't believe, I, I'm not a, uh, as my brother may call it, witches. Believe in horoscopes and stuff like that. But one of the main thing, people, signs that I always dated was Taurus. So I was 33, y'all. I started dating. I always dated a tar. All my serious relationship was Tauruses. And I was like, where did it come from? What, why I keep dating Tars? Until I found out what? My daddy is a Taurus. And so I was like, I'm basically the, the hurt that I wasn't getting from my daddy, the love that I wasn't getting from my daddy, or whatever my daddy wasn't doing. My daddy was a provider. So I always dated men at work that was able to provide, whether they got it right in the area or whether they got it wrong in the area. They made sure the money was coming home. So in a sense, I was like, but the rest of it was not right. So I was like, that spirit really attached itself to me. And I didn't see it at first. It's, it's, it's like when you go through, like Shakita, I was so, I feel what you said about the depression after the relationship. I went through two years and I just really just self-examine myself i didn't date i talked you know here and there but i can tell i I can i can read you a mile away i ain't going you ain't getting and it is what it is you can go ahead to the next because i ain't got time for it but at the same time the reason why i talked because i wanted to see was that spirit still on me 
I wanted to see it. At first, I used to be like, I'd never date a dude in a suit. They too bougie. They don't know how to fight. If a fight break out, you don't know how to swim. <laughs> or you're going to be too handsome to swing. I need you to have the thugging. I mean, them the type of mind frame that I had. So when I got to my, when I, this woman told me a long time ago, she said, once you surrender and give your life to the Lord, you would get so many, it was so, everything would benefit to you. And when I say it just happened just like that, she was like, let God be your focus. Don't worry about the man. Don't worry about the kids. Because I always thought I could have kids. But I'm telling you, I got two right now. A girl and a boy. Just because I started loving me. And when you love you and you, you really purge from those spirits, those pharaohs, those attachments, just all of it. You'll be amazed at how far you can get and what God will bring you when you submit. That boy has to come. You just got to wait. I want to. And sometimes people be. Go ahead. They go looking. They go looking. Uh, I hear so many women say, I, I'm looking for my mind. Babe, please. Yeah, I, I learned that a long time ago. I ain't looking for now, Ninja. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy my Ninja found me. <laughs> I want to touch on this. Uh, well, touch on a few things that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, we always talk about we have to heal and we have to break the generational curses, but nobody tells you how. Yeah, that is true. I had to. That is so true. I had to find out how on my own. And when I was going through my awakening stages, I kept hearing and feeling isolation. I could get dressed and say I'm about to go somewhere. And as soon as I get to the door, something's like, nope. Conversation and you standing on the side of the highway, how you gonna hear? You have to be quiet. Literally, you have to be quiet. Those are those people working home and nobody under oh she acting funny. Oh she no. No, this is this is so I went through the period of isolation and then I started, you know how you get a test at, at school and it got the blank the sentence with the blank on one side and the words on the other, and you connect the dots. And you go through relationship stuff, you tend to think, okay, well, this is happening because of a relationship in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. No, baby. Take mm-hmm. it back to your childhood. Take it all. It might Come go on. back to something that happened to you when you were five. That you witnessed when you were five. You have to connect the dots. And things that mm-hmm. we experience as children, it's not our fault. It wasn't our fault. But as an adult, it's our responsibility to fix it. Yes, it right. Can it be heavy? Absolutely, it is heavy. But that is the only way that, and and you, we have to give grace to other people too, because, mm-hmm. um, like the kid you mentioned, the young man that you were dating that had all these other women. It's no excuse, but at the same time, he has to heal his inner child as well. Yeah. We all do. Yep. We all do. I haven't met a person yet that that even if it was just one thing, 
that can have a negative impact on you in your adulthood. And you do have to do some real soul. It has everything to do with you and nothing to do with everybody else. Like, we have to take responsibility, okay? And to go through that, I honestly love myself. Yeah. And then, just like with Pharaoh, when you got that door, and it's like, go, when you see that little opening, you better go. Because if you don't, you're going to be stuck for 40 more years. If you don't make an exit, when that door is open, you will be stuck. And I mean, stuck. So we have to go back and fix it. And then once you fix that stuff, oh man, it's so beautiful on the other side. And then like you said, all the men that you dated, it didn't have anything really to do with their sign. It was the qualities that you, you saw, qualities of your dad. Yeah. Every man that mm -hmm. I've been in a serious relationship with, they had certain qualities of my dad. Yeah. Really the negative quality. You know, it was the, the good qualities, but it still was like, mm -hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm dating a guy that's like my dad. And that's another thing, even yeah. though this conversation isn't about that, we always talk about how much um, boys need their dad. Girls need them just as much. Yeah. They have to set the tone. the tone for every relationship. Because mm -hmm. guess what? If daddy shows you how a woman is supposed to be treated, you ain't taking no mess off no bad. You don't care how good he looks, how much money he got, you like, uh-uh, uh-uh, nope. It all starts with us. It all starts with ourselves. We're looking for somebody else to fill that void. They can't feel it. We we have to, we got to bring, we got to be 100. If you ain't 100, yep. you ain't got no business trying to get in no relationship. That's it. Yep. It's a lot of hurt women walking around here who are raising hurt young girls still because they don't want to look at the mirror and be in self Just look at, okay, who am I? What started this? What did and it we're come also from? Like about say, what it ain't just people think. Guess what? Right. Person, I, I, they can't live your life. Who cares what other people think? Once we, you got to get that out of you too. Stop caring about what other people think. Yeah. Because guess what? You yeah. can't please everybody. Somebody always gonna think something about you. They always gonna have something to say. You go to sleep with yourself every night. You wake up with yourself every morning. If you are happy with you, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. And I tell people, I tell folks all the time, especially because I do. Uh, sometimes I have like vision board parties for young girls, and it's some of them that I stay connected to that I still talk to. And I tell them any day they are like, Miss Brown, I'm about to cut it out. What do you like? What do you want? What do you see yourself in? And you know, back in the day, we had that that grandma or that mom. We had some of those older women that really just told us the truth. Well, like I say, it's, it was constructive criticism. We didn't see it. They tried to prevent us to go from where they went, but we, you know. Yeah, got in our head, we grown, we want to try different stuff, but we want different things and we want to do what we want to do. And so now it gets to the point where you have a bunch of women that's raising hurt young ladies and all they doing is hurt. You got some people, I look at some women, uh, prime example, uh, you got these baby daddies out here. I, I have, situ I, I done been in situations where 
you know, you, you can't forgive your baby daddy over what how he did for you. Now, he was with you a certain way, but now he's changed. And, you know, some things you have to allow people. Men have to grow just like people women do grow. Change. People and, do change. Yeah, and, and people do change. Just like a woman gets to, you know, we unwedded. Men can be unwedded. You know Men think. can have these certain qualities and and certain things that they pour in the women, and they could be with a gender. But see, people think that we and we, we, we see situations like this all the time. A man could be with a woman 20 years and then free her terribly. And then he'll get with the next woman and treat her like a queen. Mm-hmm. I don't think it had anything to do with the woman. I think it was just that was the time that he decided to change. And that was the person who was there yeah. when he changed. So she it seems like she reaped the benefits. You know? Um, yeah. everybody changes. You can't we are forever changing. If you ain't changing something wrong, if you're not growing something wrong. That's the that's yep. the object of life to change, to grow, you know, to grow for the better. And we want people to understand that we can change, but we don't want to understand that other Right. And so it's it's like a, a win circle around here. I just want so many women to win. I want the men to win because you know, to, to say that we don't have enough black men as it is, African American men. You know, we 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 do this and we do that and and we don't have enough. But we do have enough. It's just a lot of people got to be able to be know and go back, like you say, go back to their childhood and get a better understanding of why am I like this? Self examine yourself, self heal yourself. Look at the bandages that you wear. Look at what all you got going on in inside of you. Change from the inside, make them encourage you. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible. That I speak on myself every day. And I teach my kids right now in this chapter. If you don't know no other chapter other than Psalm 21, 27, and Psalm 91, learn Psalm 51. In my prayer, creating me a clean heart, oh God, and renew the right spirit within me. Because that alone helps you become a better you. And you got to get there. And I tell my daughter all the time, she's eight. Love yourself. Your appearance count, how you feel count. But don't never let a man, a woman, or whoever, the way that it's going now, get you to a point that you feel like that you need them. No. You you need God alone and you need yourself. You always rely on self, if anything. He going and God too. You just gotta be use wisdom at a young age. And nowadays kids aren't toxic. And I think as mothers, where one of the things that I have going on now, where are the mothers? Where they don't like they our childhood. Like I said, you're either going to do these three things. You're going to do what you saw. You're going to do better. Mm-hmm. You're going to do worse. You can talk your head yeah. off to your kids, but if you're not showing them, yeah, because you can say one thing. I could, if I smoke cigarettes, I could tell my kids all day long, "Don't smoke cigarettes." But if I smoke them, Hello. what you think they gonna do? I remember when I first. Uh, <laughs> it was funny, but when I first started, when my uh, mom asked me uh, a long time ago, I used to smoke marijuana, and they was like, "What made? Where did you get that from?" My mom want to smoke up. 
she drunk, but she wasn't a smoker. She used to drink it at a certain age before church or after church. She stopped. But she was like, "Where do you get it from?" I said, "Well, I smelled my my daddy. I smelled it around. I smelled the smell. So when the smell came around me, I thought it was okay." And she was looking at me like, "What?" But I say this to say, as a parent, you are your child's first role model. People feel like, you know, you can tell my sister is the parent. She gets on my nerves how she's parent. I be like, God, I can't do that. I got sometimes I got Georgia in me. I got my mama in me sometimes. I got to go back to them old ways. But she's the quite opposite. And so I had to learn that there's different ways to reach your kids because you are your child's first role model. Your child don't know nothing else on certain ways other than where they get it from in the house. Even when my daughter go out, I don't listen to rap music like that. So when she starts to, where you get that from? Who you got it from? Or these kids at school or whatever the case may be. Well, you're not seeing me, so I'm good with it because you look it up to me. So in a sense, it's like we got to set that tone. We got to set that example of what we should and should not do around our kids regardless. And I hate that saying. Do as I say and not as I do. They're going to do exactly what you do and they're going to do some more too. And yep, and so I guess to kind of, I, I'm it, sorry, go ahead. When they look at your age and they say, you know, you're like, I'm single. What's wrong with you? I wish society would stop that. It's okay to be single. Mm-hmm. Be single to be by yourself. It is okay. That is not wrong. Um, married by a certain age. Who says you gotta have kids by a certain age? Who? Yep. Where's the rule book? Who says this? You know, and that's why I think a lot, of us, a lot of us settle because like, oh, I just gotta have somebody. Let me just get anybody. No, don't just get no anybody. I think the way that we and I, I really feel like everybody has a soulmate. We're reading all these self-help these books about dating and we share all these memes and all these quotes and um that we see in the movies. I have learned and I think I learned this maybe in the past six, seven months. And it's such a great feeling. The way to attract your the person that's meant for you, love yourself. That's how you yeah. attract not just the person. All things with your everything that's out there in the universe with your name on it. That's how you attract it to you. You love yourself. You feel like you deserve it. You can't sit up here and say, mm-hmm. um, I wanna be a homeowner, but then you think I don't deserve no house like that. Guess what? You ain't gonna get it either because you don't think you deserve it. Mm-hmm. You can't sit up here and 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 we all got a list, whether it's in our mind or on paper. Of all the qualities that we want in a man, you ain't gonna meet them if you don't love you. Because That's people it. look at how you treat yourself. If you're not good to yourself, ain't nobody else gonna be good to you. They look at how you treat yourself. If you always looking in the mirror, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I don't like this about me. I don't know, no, 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 no. Yeah, and and to kind of pick it back on what you're saying. 
um, about loving yourself, it like y'all been saying this whole time, it all goes back to your childhood. Like a lot of people were not raised around affirmations, you know, with your parents mm-hmm. always, you know, speaking positive things into you mm-hmm. or whatever. It's always like, be get over here and sit down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Get your ugly A over here. You know, and mm-hmm. that we are surrounded by are the things that become embedded in us and those are the qualities that we you know continue to live out through our adult life but it's important like so important that we deal with those childhood issues and so y'all talked about this a a few minutes ago or what have you but I kind of want to chime in on it um my biological father uh it's not in my life he hasn't been in my life I think he was present like he'll pop in and out as I was growing up and like that was pretty much it. And like, and, like as an adult, he's tried to come back a couple of times, but I'm just not, you know, at a point where I'm ready, um, you know, f- for that. That's that's a big step for me. And so we've had those uh, kinds of conversations, and we do talk, uh, maybe like on a monthly basis, you know, um, just checking in with one another. But like you said about the forgiveness part, that is the part that I'm working on. Like I have opened myself up to have, you know, certain levels of communication, but because of the ups and downs that I experienced, you know, as a childhood, him popping in or popping out, you know, for extended periods of time and stuff like that, I have to get to a point where I feel like I can trust that he's yeah. going to either be all in or I have to get to a point where I can trust that I'm okay with the fact that he, I know he's going to be in and out and in and out because, you know, that's his nature. And so just reflecting back on my relationships, those were the characteristics of the guys that I dated. Mm-hmm. Dudes that, you know, pop in and out of my life. You know what I'm saying? Whenever they felt the need to pop in and out, just like my father, like people that I would have to like literally call so many times before I could get an answer. Same thing I would have to do for my biological father. You know what I'm saying? And so like when 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 we talk about really dealing with those childhood traumas, that's one reason why I do the the monologues is because there are so many adult women and adult men that are uh living lives that they are even like if they really step outside of their body, they probably will be like, What is really going on? And it's because they haven't dealt with the un- unaddressed uh childhood trauma that they've experienced. And so like until we do that, we will never be able to be whole. You know what I'm saying? And so like yeah. Kenyatta, you talked a lot about you said connecting the dots. Like, yeah, that's a dot that I had have had to connect over the last couple of years. Like, you know, once once I start going to, to therapy, because I really did want to change. Like we talked a little bit about, you know, um generational curses. I've been talking to a mentor of mine and she says that uh, she believes in generational choices. Oh, so generational curses are, you know, just as real as generational choices. Yes. Like until we are taught to make better choices, we will continue to look at things as though they're curses. But we have the actual power within ourselves to change the oh. curse. You know what I'm saying? Lay the axe at the root of the tree and, and be their agent for change, that trailblazer and their pioneer to say, hey, like I'm enough is enough. Like it, right. it, it cuts off at my family, like with me. And so yeah. that is one thing that I am really trying to do. And I ain't saying it's easy. Oh, no, it's not easy. Because it's not. It's not easy at all. Oh, definitely. Painful. Yeah. You going to break down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You going to feel like mm-hmm. I can't do this. But it's all on um, the spirit of wanting. It's It's a want you got to have. It, it is. is. And then I think yep, one, so thing that I, one thing that I um, did 
I thought back to all the hurtful experiences over my life thus far, and instead of focusing on the hurt, I put my focus on the lesson. Okay, what what can you teach me? What, mm -hmm. what what can I learn from this situation? Because it's a lesson in everything. Um, mm -hmm. even the good stuff you learn the lesson in the good stuff, but the lessons that hurt you ain't gonna never forget them. Mm -hmm. No, they gonna stick with you. Yeah. And, and the things that like how it be repetitive, we date the same kind of men and stuff. That's just like a test. Mm -hmm. You gonna if you can't pass the same test to pass this grade to be promoted, you gonna be in the same grade until you pass this test. So it's the same mm -hmm. thing with life until you learn the lesson. Why you wonder why I keep going through this? Why did cause you ain't learned the lesson? Learn the lesson, yep. learn the lesson, and then you can move forward. Yes, yes. Well, ladies, I pray that this conversation has reached and touched somebody on this day and furthermore. I want to thank y'all so much for sharing y'all testimonies. I want to thank y'all for helping. Every young lady, every everybody that listens to this, man, woman, or child, because we have to, we have to be able to go back and heal and learn where did it first hurt, where did it come from, where did it start. Mm -hmm. And I just want to thank y'all for tuning in to the being on the show with me today. So, I just want to uh, say, be able to heal, 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 heal. Look at the wounds, like you said, like we all, we are, both of us stated. Look back and see where the hurt started. Look at, look back and see where the unwed started growing from. Because in everything that grows, in every flower, there's a seed. There's a seed, there is soil. Where did it start from? And so I just want to thank y'all once again for being on the show. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all dearly. Love y'all too. I love y'all too. All Thank right. you so well, much. Just like this, and stay tuned for the next episode. Next episode, and I will begin with you, ladies, later. I love y'all and have a blessed night.